0: What's up y'all? This is Wheezy. If you enjoy this content, please remember to rate and review. Ever since getting banned on Google, it has been a true headache to get back up and rolling. So please share with like-minded friends, rate and review, and enjoy the show. Can't thank y'all enough. Much love.
1: You're listening to the Fact Hunter Radio Network. You're listening to the Fact Hunter Radio Network. Here is your host, George Hobbs. And welcome back, Fact Hunters and truth seekers from around the world. It's Thursday, February the 9th, 2023, and we have a very special edition of the Fact Hunter podcast Tonight, uh, tonight we have a guest who has actually had me on his podcast a few times. Uh, he, he's a great thinker. He's a great father, husband, and somebody who I think the world of, and I'm really honored to have him on here. Tonight on the show, please help me welcome from the What Is Truth podcast. And by the way, please make sure you go to the show description, uh, description to connect with him, uh, his Odyssey channel, his Rockfin channel, and his Twitter uh, again, please help me welcome to the podcast, Wheezy. How are you, sir?
0: What's going on, my man George? Thank you for having me. It is an honor to be on the Fact Hunter Experience. Uh, thank you for inviting me, man.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I really appreciate it. You know, you've you've had me on your podcast twice, and the night after I got off, I realized, my goodness, I've never even asked him to come on my program. So I immediately emailed you back, and I'm so happy uh, that you're able to join us uh, i know you're busy you just got off work an hour ago um there's so much to talk about but before we get into to some things uh, i'd like for you to kind of introduce yourself uh to our audience
0: yeah no, no problem um so i am a former wildland firefighter aka hotshot and i did that for several years and i think that's what instilled a lot of the work ethic that's a young man's career uh, I was a I felt like a professional athlete when I was doing that job it's a very 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 tough job and very few people can can handle that kind of uh kind of work but it 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 helped mold me into the person that I've become along with you know other life experiences but it's it's kind of funny how I got into podcasting I you know i started listening to i think like a lot of podcasters the joe rogan show and i just started my own little show just shooting the breeze drinking beer and had like five listeners <laughs> and then just one day i i you know i was a, a big fan of this uh youtuber by the name of sean atwood that has nearly a million subs and uh was following him was a fan and you know we caught him doing some misdeeds i, I was directed onto some of his shenanigans by some other of his ex fans and i made one little video that just went viral on youtube uh you know it got like i i didn't have any subscribers on my youtube channel and overnight it had 400 views and then by the end of the week you know it, i had already like a couple hundred subscribers which wow i was I was flabbergasted. I was like, "Whoa, what, what's going on here?" And I did a few more of those videos, and you know, people were really angry with the shenanigans that this uh, gentleman did. And I, I quickly, f- you know, found an audience. I guess <laughs> where people were loving the entertainment. It, it was good times, but I also didn't want to be known just as a one trick pony that just covered the that was, you know, Sean Atwood's arch nemesis. Uh, we we dislike each other very much. Uh, he's still hitting me with copyright strikes as we speak.
1: <laughs> so is that but, one of the reasons why you have such a big following in England, I assume? The UK? Yeah, that's exactly why. Gotcha. Yeah,
0: yeah they. Um, yeah, we... I ended up hitting... I didn't even know where the people were listening. You know, I, I was just talking about Sean. I, but of course, he's from England. But yeah, it, it, it was just crazy. At first, my audience was like 90 to... 95%, you know, from, from the UK. And, uh, and like I said, I didn't want, want to just fully, fully be known for, you know, the hashtag Daddygate scandal, which we named it. <laughs> uh, I wanted to do other stuff. You know, I, I had already been into the conspiracy realm. You know, I, I, I think we talked about it on one of the first times I had you on, but the 2016 election is what really Uh, Woke me up, if you will. You know, I was a normie. I was a very hardcore lefty. I'm not proud to say. You know, that's just that was a journey that you know that uh, that brought me here. Sure. Um, I followed MSNBC religiously. Everything that was spouted on that propaganda arm, I I took it, and I was led to believe that anyone that was right of me or conservative was less educated, not smart. And, uh, you know, just idiot buffoons. And, um, I, you know, in 2015 we moved to Florida and and, in the town that I'm at, it's, it's very, very, very MAGA country, very conservative. And that changed my feelings on, on conservatives. Most of my friends are conservatives now. And, uh, yeah, the, the, 2016 election is what really really snapped me out of you know the whole mainstream propaganda uh, operation Mockingbird if you will when I saw the election you know get stolen from Bernie Sanders who mightn't agree with 100% but that's who in my in my mind appeared to be the most genuine now my thoughts on him have changed now but you know at that time I thought he was the most sincere out of the candidates. And when it was so obvious that it was taken from under him, you know, I started to question everything. I was like, man, if this blatant, if, if this n- nomination was taken from him in front of everyone, everyone to see, uh, you know, Bernie was throwing some good crowds. Hillary had eight people in her, you know, in her speeches. And it, it was so obvious and again, Prior to this, I I didn't believe in conspiracies. I used to think they were crackpot thinking. And that's what made me start questioning other stuff. I didn't want to go down the 9-11 rabbit hole because it was too dear to my heart. I didn't want to be challenged with the whole narrative. I wanted to believe what the government had fed me for many years because I followed that. That's what inspired me to get into firefighting uh, was, you know, the the courage that the firefighters displayed that day and that's why i got into firefighting and so when i started digging deeper and deeper deeper into nine eleven, that's when i was like man um i that's what sent me down to down the rabbit hole and so to make a long story short i started you know obviously branching away from that whole uh other drama soap opera stuff on youtube (laughs) i wanted to cover real stuff you know stuff that really affects us in our daily lives uh stuff that's important and wanted to in my small way try to contribute in in helping people wake up
1: Uh, that's quite a story i'd like to ask you a couple questions of some of the things you just were talking about um bernie sanders 2016 um i've seen reports over the last year to uh that mention that he was paid off to kind of step aside and not challenge because i think the official numbers were hillary had somewhere around 53 54 and he was somewhere in the 45 46 percentile but uh, that 2016 democratic um run uh, smelled an awful lot (laughs) like the 2020 general election where again hillary would have a handful of people um, and that creepy, creepy, her campaign manager, uh, you know, the pedo gate guy. Um, and, and, Bernie would have just, Bernie had the youth, he had the energy and again, just, it didn't pass the smell test. So what was your uh, takeaway from that whole thing?
0: Yeah, I definitely think he got bought out because, or, you know, paid off. One of the things that attracted, uh, myself to him was he was getting slandered, during that um, election cycle, because his net worth was like, I think it was like half a million or six hundred thousand, and most of his net worth was tied up in his uh, two homes that he owned. So if 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 your net worth is tied into you know personal real estate, that to me was like, man, that's that's an organic guy right there. You know what I'm saying? That so that's a good yeah. guy. And when you look at his net worth now, now. <laughs> he's worth a couple million so he definitely got paid off um if there was any question about it uh it's pretty obvious and it's too bad because i i really really liked him and 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 i don't want to be too harsh you know i i i was kind of angry with the guy but we also i guess to play devil's advocate and and, and put ourselves in bernie's shoes what m- much can you do you know he's he's been working. He knows the corruption that exists. Yeah. He's hinted at the JFK assassination. Um, you know he, he he's done a lot, and so he probably realizes if he makes too much of a stink, you know, um, you know there could be some bigger issues at hand. So that that's definitely a possibility as to why he he kept quiet. Um, and this is just me, you know. Yeah, I would say many
1: of these people will. who are, I don't want to say lifelong. Politicians, but people who have been, you know, for at least a decade, they know if you rock the boat too much, you could have an accident,
0: right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, so
1: they, you mentioned nine eleven, which, by the way, yeah. I didn't know you were a hotshot. That's one of the probably top three hardest jobs in the world. So, man, kudos to you. How old were you when nine eleven happened?
0: I was, I want to say nineteen or twenty. Um, I had just grad, so I graduated high school in two thousand. So yeah, I was probably 19 or so. Um, I was a freshman in uh, the community college that I was going to uh, when this happened. And I remember it well, man. I remember it well, because some funny stuff happened that day.
1: (laughs) That's, uh, you know, one of the largest, uh, I look at it as one of the largest uh, uh, MKUltra fear-based mind control um, incidents in recorded history and um it's funny i still see people in the chat rooms today when we talk about uh whether it's jeremy brown or any of the hundreds of people who've been thrown into the gulag recently i've been looking into the uh, joe biggs case and um, people always in the comments especially like on the gateway pundit you know how can this happen i just reply the Patriot Act, the end. (laughs) You don't have a second, sixth amendment, or, you know, a fourth, what is it? Third, sixth, and eighth amendment have all been just tossed aside. Um, And, you know, you said that's something that that day basically caused you to make a career choice. So that certainly had a profound impact on your life as well.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I was a young man in college and, you know, after 9-11, I was just, just like everyone else i was highly impacted i had an afro when i was in um when i was in college uh you know i'm i'm mexican-american but when i grow my afro everyone thinks i'm arab (laughs) oh my goodness that i had an afro and i i you know when i went to i think it was civics class that i had they canceled class you know the you know the the Twin towers have been hit. Right, classes canceled. You know, go home. So I t- rode my bike home, and some some dudes yelled, you know, a slur at me and called me a slur Arab, and uh, and th- try to hit me with a unopened uh, can of Coke. Good God! Yeah, they were they missed me, but I'm like, God, what the hell is going on? And I didn't realize that all now all of a sudden all this anger towards Arabs and and people of the Muslim faith uh, had been unleashed and so you know for the longest time any, anytime I'd go to the airport I'd well that day I cut off my hair <laughs> but uh you know any, anytime I'd go to the airport I'd, I if I would see some Arab folks I'd you know like oh man are we gonna be all right if we take this flight yeah. just like everyone that had been brainwashed into believing the official story that some Uh, Some folks, illiterate folks pulled off the most, you know, amazing scheme, uh, you know, right beneath our noses and, you know, did it with box cutters. (laughs) 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 When you look at the story now, it is so pathetic now, you know, but at the time it it was strong with the propaganda, the the very fact that thousands of Americans died that day um, and our world changed forever
1: yeah it it sure did and you know it it caused you uh to make a career decision and then of course it changed uh my life exponentially because i would spend between 2003 and 2011 uh every calendar year between those two dates i was in iraq and i lost friends and you know, it was – when I finally started, uh, I guess it was 2015 or 2016 when I started to come across I, – I, I retired from the military. I opened up a retail store uh, in a mall in central Texas. I was working 70-some hours a week. And between customers, I've had my – I would have my laptop open and like everybody else, you start looking at something. And back then when the YouTube algorithm was actually legit, it didn't yeah. try to – Send you to certain destinations that would actually, you know, give you comparable videos to what you've been watching when it was yeah. still kind of the wild west. I started to come across some of these videos, and then I'll never forget two videos I came across. And uh, I had a tough couple weeks of my life. One was the Dancing Israelis, the Carl Cameron story from Fox News that only aired one time. Right, that was a, a big one. And then I I found the story about, um, what, what's his name? Silverstein, the guy who, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I, just, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Just a couple, like in June of 2001, he took the contract over and insured it for, you know, billions of dollars for terrorist insurance. And then he wanted to make two claims because there was two planes at Larry Silverstein, right?
0: Larry Silverstein. Larry. Yeah. Lucky, right. Larry. Lucky Larry. Lucky Larry. And he just you happened st- to get his hair cut that day. <laughs>
1: and his two daughters just happened to be running late (laughs) yeah and then you know you get into the odigo messaging system and you know i I, mean me and my buddies we had some tough days um you know if we would go out on a mission and we'd have a rough time we'd come back and we would there was a group of us that were like why are we over here Right? We, we came here on the premise, you know, you know Iraq had nothing to do with 9 11. It was weapons of mass destruction. We realized that pretty quickly that that was a complete lie. These people couldn't even maintain their Humvees and their tanks. And you're telling me they can come up with this stuff? It was just, um, you know, and, and we're questioning, you know, what's going on. And now I'm at the point where I tell people, how would you react if you look out your window and there's some Iraqi tanks? Uh, your, your children are outside, and Iraqi tanks and humvees are driving by and we, I think we as especially particularly American society look the ninety nine percent of us I think are really good people. We just want to work, take care of our family, and make it to tomorrow with a few extra you know dollars in our pocket. But, you know, at some point, we have to start holding people accountable. We can't continue to let our government overthrow duly elected governments. We can't, you know, I know we're going to get to the Seymour Hearst story, and which all of us knew many months ago we were responsible for. But at some point, if we don't hold these people accountable, you know, uh, I, Wheezy, I'm getting older, My children and grandchildren in the near future are going to be in that age where they could be drafted to go off. And I would like it to stop with me as far as going off to fight these wars for the bankers and the military-industrial complex.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely troubling times. That's something that I've been thinking a lot, you know, going back through the historical events and relating it to now and how how did our ancestors feel you know in in times like these uncertain times that you know were comparable Uh, because I think we are heading to some very tough times up ahead Uh, very historical tough times and how are we gonna handle it and it it is scary to think Um, but I just tell myself these tough times aren't unique to us they've happened throughout history uh whether you were just a native american tribe and then the mayflower landed on your shores your life changed forever um whether you know you can point to countless countless of examples throughout history where major major changes happened and eventually humanity persevered one way shape form or another and so i i definitely think we're coming into a very very tough time you know and i i i'm just hoping that it it ends up well and um but it's definitely scary it it definitely makes me think about a lot a lot of things throughout the day
1: yeah and you know you talk about that and it's to me, one of the things I ponder all the time is: it's sad to me that we are the majority, and we allow uh, such a small group of people bring us this misery. Right? They call it progress, but it's really, um, it's really not progress. It's simply um, we still, to this day, most people don't know we we still have troops in twenty percent of Syria, and uh, that is the part that has the oil. We still have troops in Iraq. We still have. Um, I've been saying for six months we have uh, CIA, we have fourth psyops and other elements we've had on the ground in Ukraine uh, for almost a year now, and uh, yeah. I guess we can kind of this would be a good point we could slide into the Seymour Horsch story, which again they'll they'll probably throw another distraction out there silly, um, but you know these people, especially the quote unquote liberals who are all about this climate agenda and everything. They're the ones who were responsible for blowing up the Nord stream Two pipeline.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I read that article and I was just floored with how, and I want to shoot these things with you, you know, see what, what you think about it. But it, it's the perfect article for people that are normies that, are hesitant to believe in conspiracies or anything like that. We, like you said, at the very beginning, you and I, we already had inklings as to who the suspects were. And sure enough, we've been vindicated now. But had this whistleblower not disclose this information to Seymour Hirsch, this would still be a quote, unquote, conspiracy theory. And when you read this uh, substack article on it, they're talking about detonating explosive uh, explosives that would detonate months from being planted yep <laughs> what does that sound like <laughs> <laughs> sounds like 9-11 yeah exactly stuff, you know what i'm saying
1: that's right i didn't even think of that connection while i was I reading thought that about story it, I'm like,
0: yeah i'm like because if you read the art if, when you read the article the, apparently they already had the plan uh, in motion they got the green light and they were ready to plant the C-4 down and the C-4 was going to detonate like 48 hours after being planted. And I guess the Biden administration threw in a call, hey, uh, instead of 48 hours, because here, here's another 9-11 similarity. When did they do this mission? They did it during some Baltic war games. When do all these conspiracy theories happen?
1: During exercises
0: during exercises or war games i'm like man this is straight up uh, and, and then remember they were talking about this thing that and i don't know if this is tied in or not maybe i'm reaching with this one but remember how they were talking about gas stoves and, and we need to get rid of oh that's gas right stove, gas stove. remember that <laughs> yeah so just I in don't the last know couple weeks to that nonsense or yeah. not but i'm reading this article i'm like holy smokes this is gold
1: that's right so for, for those of you who, and you know what I'll do, I'll put this. It's on Seymour Substack. I'll put this uh, in the show description as well. So make sure after the program, go to the show description, go to to Weezy's pages, like and subscribe to them and then uh, at the end there, I'll have Seymour sub Substack. So basically. In a nutshell, if you were, haven't really taken the time, last June, I'll, I'll read this little paragraph. Uh, Navy divers operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise, noted as Bald Ops 22, uh, planted the remotely triggered explosives that three months later destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines. and. That was uh, September 26. So, yeah, it was uh, it was 90 days. And, you know, it's funny because well, in the conspiracy well, –
0: you... the... Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. Just real quick. They they were supposed to blow up 48 hours after being planted. But the reason they changed it to uh, several months later, so it wouldn't be too obvious. You know, if they right. if they would have detonated while these war games in the Baltic were going on, we're like, whoa, shit everyone else is here you know the Americans are here and and, you know it it would be so much easier so (laughs) and then did you read how they were detonated they were detonated by dropping a buoy uh that left some distinct sonar uh sound or signal that upon that signal being dropped on that buoy and and making contact with the the detonators down below uh, they would blow up a few hours after that and so one of the the persons the, a few people showed concern about that because what if an accidental um you know something that uh mimicked that uh that sound or signal whatever they did would would have triggered it and and caused a, a bigger cata- catastrophe or something so i mean the fact that they had this engineered like almost like they just pencil whipped it, and here you go. And it's it's elaborate stuff. And, and these divers are are top of the food chain guys, yep. you know, out here in Panama City, Florida, uh, super super spec ops. And so when when bringing it back to nine eleven, and you know, well, how did they? If, if the government did, it, how did they detonate? It? They have these capabilities, man. And this is what's gold about this uh, this substack is that. Man, it it shows you the inner workings of when the government wants to do these dirty deeds.
1: Didn't the article say that something like this had been done before in the early seventies? Yeah,
0: they they they've had they've had this kind of technology, you know, for for a long time. So, <laughs> I think you said it on, on my show a while back. Like whatever we think they, you know, whatever. We think they have now. They've had it already for, for probably know, 20 years at like least.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, DARPA, you know, DARPA
1: probably had Facebook, uh, ready to go in the mid eighties. That that's the story I've heard. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. it's bananas, man. It, that, yeah, that story is just, it, and I wonder, I mean, that Substack came out today and surprisingly the daily mail, I saw the Substack this morning, but I was like, Oh man. Um, it's only on the Substack, you know, and it, I didn't realize how big, you know, how big of a deal Mr. Seymour Hirsch is. Apparently oh, he's, he's a huge a, guy, yeah. Pul- Pulitzer, yeah, yeah. Uh, award winner, and um, and so, and then the Daily Mail wrote an article on it, uh, referencing his Substack and making a big deal. I'm like, ooh, it's making it, uh, it's making the rounds on on some of these bigger publications, which is pretty sweet, man. Because a lot of this time, this kind of stuff will just They'll they'll try to cover it up. You know, this is the kind of news that usually comes out on a Friday and it came out out on a Thursday at the very least.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Normally these stories come out on the Friday news cycle where nobody's paying attention. Everybody's out clubbing and (laughs) drinking beer and not (laughs) trying to think about this stuff. But listen, for all the people that are, you know, Russia, 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 let me tell you this. If it came out that Russia blew up one of our pipelines, every single American would be screaming for war.
0: Yeah. Well, well that's what that substack piece wrote that they it was they had to be super covert, super private because this was essentially an act of war and that you know a lot of people are referring to Ukraine as being the proxy war, you know, like, against <laughs> Russia. But yep. yeah, you're you're 100% right. I- imagine the Russians coming down um and uh, yeah, doing those things. Remember when the Zimmerman Telegraph, where the Germans were sending you know messages to Mexico, you know, to aid them in the war, yeah. and that became a big deal. So we blow up their pipelines. Man, I'm, I'm kind of worried to see, or weary to see how Russia is going to react to this because they definitely have, you know, a legitimate gripe. Yeah. And that's actually three acts
1: of war. <laughs> Basically, number one was, you know, that came out. Number two was uh, in the, the last few hours, um, senior U.S. officials have said that they are giving Ukrainians targeting assistance, um, that the U.S. does provide coordinates and precise targeting. So, you know, we've, we've gone past a proxy war. And then uh, was it yesterday or last night it came out that a a major in the Ukrainian special forces acknowledge that they're using chlorine in the Donks region, which is considered uh, a chemical war, which is or chemical weapons, and that is war crimes. So you've had these three major things in the last twenty-four hours, and uh, people still <laughs> say Russia, Russia, Russia. Um, we really need to take a look in the mirror before we start pointing any more fingers.
0: Yeah, I on my Twitter, I reposted a. Um, a clip of a three-hour lecture by uh, Ralph Reichel. Ralph Reichel, uh, I think, passed away a few years back. And he was a libertarian uh, historian. Uh, and he has a three-hour lecture, if you're interested in it, you know, into the history of things. His three-hour lecture on World War One is absolute gold and it's interesting to hear his lecture in 1983 about World War One and then he's connecting it to the present day which is in 1983 of to the cycle psycholo- out the to put yourself in the psychology of, of a Russian at this time when you have China on this border when you have NATO allies on that border of course you're gonna be making decisions Because you're pretty much like a a cornered cat at this point, you know, you're going to make some crazy stuff because, you know, you got to put yourself and he was like, imagine if instead of Canada, we had the Chinese, you know, uh, for Canada and instead of Mexico, we had, you know, uh, you know, some other, uh, Country that that's against the United States, you like, like Iran. <laughs> yeah, Iran or something. That, that's what. It, it's a great clip, and and he said this in 1983 of the current uh, tensions between uh, the U.S. and Russia. And I'm like, holy smokes, 40 years later, nothing has really changed, man. It, it's pretty insane.
1: So that was uh, I say it the Ralph Reiko clip.
0: Yeah, 1983 lecture. I see that. Uh, World War One. It's a three-hour. Maybe you could put that on one of your classic clips. Man. Yeah, that's what I said.
1: Cool. I'll give it a listen, and I'll put it in the schedule for- uh...
0: Yeah, it's free domain, too. It's right there. So. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Man, why haven't I- Why doesn't that, that name- That Rina World Bell?
0: War One lecture, oh, I've listened to it twice over, and it's an absolute gem.
1: You know, I think as, as Americans, more people are, are more fascinated with World War Two. Than they are World War One, but when I uh, two months ago, I guess it was maybe six weeks ago, when I did that little series on you know Prelude to World War One and Woodrow Wilson and everything that went on during that time, th- that really rivaled uh, the 1933 to 1945 time frame. I understand everything that went into that, but you know everything from the Federal Reserve that got implemented to the IRS to the uh, uh, FBI, you know Herbert Hoover and all this—it's
0: it's crazy. Or the—I'm sorry—the Balfour Declaration. Yeah, you know what that yeah, is, right? exactly. Yeah, the Zionists pushing for uh, for Israel. Yeah, it's it's a crazy time, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, I did a a show on my podcast. Thought it was going to be a little controversial, but I, I I don't mind going into the controversial. But I did a book review on on the whole Mind Comp thing. I think I mentioned it to you um and yeah that that because i wanted to understand world war ii to understand world war ii you got to go to world war one to understand world war one then you got to go to the 1850s and so on and so forth and it just keeps taking you further and further down the rabbit hole and what you start realizing a lot of these same names keep popping up these same people with the same lineage, yep. bloodlines, whatever you want to call it. The, the Rothschilds are repeatedly popping up. They're, it's not a coincidence why they're always getting brought up, man, you know, in conspiracy lore because they <laughs> they've been major players throughout history, man. Yeah. And and it's it's wild wild stuff. Like I I don't know why. Maybe it's because I didn't pay attention in school or whatever, but I didn't realize that World War 1 was a war that was essentially battled because of the remnants of the the colonial days. Because for whatever reason, in my mind, I always figured the colonial days was like, you know, the Mayflower stuff, you know, stuff from the 1500s, 1600s, nowhere near connected to today's era. And then you realize that the all the tensions, the reason all these countries got involved into the Great War or the First World War is because of all these colonial ties. And then when the war broke out, well, if we win, we're going to give you this, these colonies, these, this land. And, and they're still fighting for colonies. Yep. And this is within our, uh, a generation ago. It's freaking bananas when you really, uh, you know, take it to that level. It's, and that's why I'm saying that, that Ralph Reichel, uh, lecture really really breaks it down in an easy and fun way he, he throws in some jokes that, that'll make you smile and he, he's, great, great uh, lecture. I can't recommend it enough.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Um, and it's funny. Uh, a lot of people don't understand um, why we're so invested in Ukraine. Um, and even you know I've been doing a series on the uh, Pritzkers, the, the, the evil scum that comes out of Chicago. Their lineage goes back to Kiev, as do many of these people who are on the world stage. Uh, You know, there was talk for a while that Kazakhstan uh, was was going to be the headquarters from the NWO on a possible Jerusalem 2.0 or Israel 2.0, I should say. But I think, you know, shortly after 2010, the powers that be decided that they wanted because so many Jews come from Ukraine and especially the, the western part of Ukraine, Kiev. So, you know, Victoria Newlands to, to my shock and my dismay, she's still a free human being. She should be in Guantanamo Bay. Um, she
0: she's should be in jail in not January six,
1: or January six people. Um,
0: yeah. She she's mentioned in that Seymour Hersh article, uh, our good old friends and pal, Victoria Newland, such a, such a sleaze bag of a human being. and And she's a terrible liar. Yeah. If you look at some of her clips when she's, uh, you know, they're asking her tough questions, and she's squirming around, and she's got those lizard eyes. Yeah, she uh, she's a terrible liar, and her job is to lie. So I don't know how she even got that gig. <laughs> you know, like I, I guess if you're going to be a professional liar, at least do a good job of it. But she's terrible.
1: She's very terrible, and her husband was uh, also one of the authors of PNAC, the Project for a New American Century. Yeah. That yeah, you know, ninety seven called for a new Pearl Harbor. So, you know, it's the same people over and over, the people who were involved in 9-11, the people who were involved in Iraq, and now the same people. I think Hirsch mentioned Newland, Blinken, and uh, Jake Sullivan. Um, who knows if Merrick Garland was involved? <laughs> I know he's more on the, the, the federal side, but uh, that guy, he had his hand in Oklahoma City, and I loathe that dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so many of the... Of the same puppets being called upon, you know, for the same nonsense that just gets repeated, rinse and repeat, apparently. Yeah, it, it's just fascinating how to this day, very few people even know about the 2014 coup yep. that we started yep. <laughs> because we wanted to instill our own puppet because the person prior that, that was in place was on friendly terms with Putin. Oh, we can't have that. We got to have someone that's on our side so let's go in there and destabilize that country and instill our own puppet which is what we still do to this day all over the world but especially in latin america anytime a leader in latin america comes up and the people are loving him but he's not friendly with the u.s yeah we're gonna take him out and put in our own guy you know it, it it seems like that's that's the main job of the CIA: just destabilize countries all over the world. And who was behind the Nord Stream pipelines? The CIA. <laughs>
1: yep, CIA and the U.S. Navy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure our our friends from uh, from the Middle East were probably involved in some capability. Oh, for hasn't sure, been disclosed yet.
1: So let me ask you this. I mean, obviously uh, i'm I'm assuming that you're you're on board with that the end goal of all of this is to bring do you think that in our lifetime or even by 2030 we have a chance to see a one world government?
0: I think that's a goal. And you know, we touched on it a little bit with the whole World War one and and those were the colonial days of competing empires. Uh, the Germans, in the 1850s were the up-and-comers they wanted the same glory that the Spanish had before them they wanted the same glory that the British had uh, before them they wanted to be the next powerhouse and own uh, and then prior to them you know I already mentioned the Spanish the Portuguese the, the British uh, the Mongolians uh, it's always been about that and the more technology develops uh, these countries there's no need for them anymore with with how technology is nowadays everyone's interconnected you know what screw it let's just make one world government and and that's what makes sense even hitler wanted to make his own version of of, of one world government he repeatedly uh, referenced that in in his book and it's no secret when you hear the leaders in the modern age they're always talking about a new world order uh did you see that video that came out um i think it was by the the world economic forum (laughs) talking about a new world order and right below the video this was from the world economic forum there was a disclaimer by youtube saying the new world order is just a conspiracy theory blah blah blah
1: (laughs) and then he actually says it in the video
0: (laughs) they're talking about it in the video (laughs) it's the funniest thing dude (laughs) so so here they're talking about it and, and youtube gives them a a little uh, thing that it's false, even though they're right there talking about it. <laughs> how,
1: how disappointing it is. It like one of the most basic responsibilities of our government is to ensure, you know, quote unquote, protect our bill of rights and ensure that, uh, you know, these conglomerates don't take over. And, and that's exactly what's happened. We have a corporatocracy right now. Oligarchs are running this country just like they were, you know, for a, a good part of Russia. And this, how they have not broken up big tech is just blows my mind after everything that's happened the last few years.
0: What do you mean by breaking up like...
1: Well, like for instance, in the 80s, Bell Telephone had a complete um, hold on the communication system. So they broke them up into Sprint, MCI, uh, so they couldn't have a monopoly on it. And you've got Alphabet, specific, even BlackRock, BlackRock and Vanguard own 96% of America.
0: Bill Gates got... Tried or you know went to court for that stuff, for for being a monopolist. <laughs> People forget that.
1: Uh, I think you posted, uh, didn't you post his uh, little FBI investigation recently when he he didn't he couldn't comprehend the English language all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, he's having some Tourette's or something. And then uh, I po- posted another clip where he gets the pie to the face. Uh, it's my favorite Um, video of all time one of the best ones ever yeah yeah it's funny how he just he over time a lot of these villains you see that through history the good guys quote unquote that they want us to look up to and 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 revere and whatnot no matter how evil they they may be or whatever, they'll, they'll whitewash away their past and make them into you know put them up on these pedestals, and anyone they want to demonize, they'll just throw the whole book at them you know and and slander them, defame them as as, as much as they want. And Bill Gates is one of these guys that has had his whole personality you know or persona uh, just completely rehabbed, you know where. I remember as as a youngster, you know, this is the nine eleven days uh, as a college kid, where everyone would make fun of Bill Gates. Look at that geeky, you yeah. know, a monopolist trying to take over uh, big tech and whatnot. And it's it's amazing how he's now become the face of you know vaccines and and saving grandma.
1: <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah, I, I remember the first time. Uh, what's the guy? the truther he lives in japan now uh the corbett report
0: james yeah james corbett
1: he did one of the best deep dives on bill gates i've ever heard yeah (laughs) he really broke it down
0: yeah he his documentaries on on 9 11 on on so many things are always good, good stuff and then the you know the way he sources his material and puts everything out there where so if anyone has any questions about it, I, you know, on Twitter, I ran into some guy that he he came out, I can't remember exactly what the thread was. But this guy came out saying, Well, I'm a fact checker. And I know this is false. And he linked an article to you know, showing how he debunked it on his fact checking site. And so what I did I grabbed uh, James Corbett had an has an episode called who fact checks the fact checkers. Yep. And I grab that link and I, I go, Hey, Mr. Fact checker, fact check this and get back to me. (laughs) (laughs) Crickets, crickets, crickets. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he's taking some deep dives. You, you do the same thing. I mean, that's, that's why I first stumbled upon your show, man. You, you've done a lot of great work yourself on on a lot of these. I, I, I've loved your recent series with the whole Pritzker family. Uh, I had no idea who these guys were if it wasn't for you, you know?
1: Yeah, and, you
0: know, it's one of these things that it gets
1: very frustrating when you start to do the deep dive and we see how much, you know, these people are worth, each one of the Pritzkers, there, there's 11 of them, I think, uh, when the big guy died, it got <laughs> it got dragged through court for 10 years. They were you know, rich kids fighting over money, but they all got each between 1.3 and 1.6 billion dollars. And then they just set up these nonprofits so they don't have to pay taxes. That's how much, you know, they come. Did you see today now they're coming after the the waiters and waitresses and servers, the IRS is.
0: No, I haven't seen that. Yeah.
1: You know, we what did um, Biden do? He hired like 87,000 more IRS agents. And he yeah, said that they were yeah. going to go after the rich people. And then today the IRS comes out and says they're they've created a new system for uh that target, that target, you know, the servers. Um, Fox actually had a nice headline. Finally, we're going to take down the the rich waitresses. <laughs> mm, the it's rich just, waitresses. It's, it's sad, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, just going after the the people that are just getting by. I mean, everyone's going through some hard times. Uh, even the chickens are going through some hard times. Uh, yeah, it's it's concerning, and when i I think it's inevitable unfortunately because of our dollar our our dollar is basically based or backed. you know people i think still have that false illusion that our money is backed by the gold standard and you know there's bricks of gold because they remember the bugs bunny cartoons when they'd open the vault and all these gold bricks were in there (laughs)
1: That's a big question that's going on now today within the truth community. Where's all the gold?
0: Yeah. Well, there was a a gold heist. James Corbett talked about that uh, in World Trade Center number seven. Oh, that's right. That's why it got brought down. That's one of the reasons why it got brought down. Uh, The CIA had their headquarters there, FBI, as well as some other agencies. So there was a lot, a lot of motivation to bring that sucker down. But we all know it came down to some small office fires, you know. (laughs) Yeah, of course. The copier caught
1: fire and, uh, you know, the copier tray heated (laughs) up to 4,000 degrees and melted the beams and it collapsed. Yeah, it
0: collapsed on its own footprint due to office fires. (laughs) Get out of here.
1: And listen, anybody who's been in the aviation community knows that they, you know, they use JP4. um, They don't even use close to the same type of fuel that they use in cars. And it doesn't burn anywhere near um, I don't care how much you have, it's not going to bring down a tower. Back in 1945, there was a B-25 bomber that slammed into a, an office building in New York City on a Saturday, um, and by Monday, the, the building was back open.
0: Well, the the World Trade Center set, uh, buildings, when you know they engineered them and, and the architects uh, designed them, they were made to withstand a plane <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> slamming into them uh yeah i mean when when i was in firefighter school in the fire academy uh, i remember the captain telling us you know well prior to september 11 we could put out we could camp out like if a high-rise building was on fire on like let's say the 50th floor or whatever uh we could set up camp you know on the 45th floor fight fight fire all day all night You know set up camp in those floor and you your collapse was never in the back of your minds and you know when i went to the fire academy in in 08 that you know that's what the captains were saying well you know prior to this you know it was fine but now we we do have to fear collapsing and it's never happened since funny enough you know but three in one day uh three high-rise buildings uh, due to fire, it's it's unbelievable. The whole story is unbelievable now. It's a, it's really a fairy tale when you when you look at it in hindsight.
1: It is, indeed. Uh, it's even
0: been... the 9-11 commission report, the way it reads, it was a clear uh, sunny day or something on September 11th. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the opening lines are just like, it's just like a fairy tale, man. It's, it's I was ridiculous. at the
1: Starbucks A wedding my espresso. <laughs>
0: the trees were about the right height yeah, and everything in between
1: it's this September It'll be 22 years is it are we at the the JFK portion of, is are, are we just nobody's ever going to be held accountable
0: yeah it's it's more than likely going to be like that I mean I was really disappointed with well I guess I can't say I'm surprised anymore you know when the whole Epstein stuff was going on a few years back and it was real hot Uh, The trials, the Ghislaine Maxwell trials were going, uh, going on. I thought for sure, this is going to wake people up for sure. I'd post it on my social media, you know, my personal pages and, you know, I post pictures of silly stuff and and it'll get quite a few likes. And then I post a article on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. No one cared. And that, that, That really, really was disheartening. And then, you know, obviously a few weeks ago, we finally get basically an admission that the CIA was involved in the JFK assassination and crickets, crickets. It only took 60 years, but I bet you the
1: history books uh, will never change. It'll still say, uh, um, you know, Lee Harvey (laughs) Oswald.
0: Was a lone gunman. Yeah, Yeah. that
1: probably will never change the history books.
0: And Jack Ruby was so sad and heartbroken that he shot him that day, and then he was so sad that he got cancer. <laughs> 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 it's, so, it's so silly, man. Uh, it, it, it's just it's, and the 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 M.O.s are always the same, you know the 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 killers, these high level assassins. Always, it, it's almost like a Scooby Doo a skit. You know, they always leave their weapons behind, you know, in a nice little bundle. Uh, what happened in 9-11? Muhammad Atta left the plans in a car parked outside the building or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not to mention one of the guys, uh, you know, everything got incinerated in the plane, but the guy's passport happened to land safely on the sidewalk.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the black boxes uh, were not recovered there, but they were recovered in, in – uh where was flight 93
1: in? uh oh pennsylvania
0: in pennsylvania yeah, yeah. in pennsylvania the the whole plane this disintegrates but oh we have the black boxes right here <laughs> not even a suitcase
1: <laughs> just disintegrated
0: yeah but they yeah they found the passport but no black boxes in the in the twin towers yeah the the whole thing that's why the, you know those guys made that movie loose loose change i mean there's yep. so many loose ends and i and i guess that's to be expected when you have something at that scale going on you know there's a lot of things that they didn't foresee and forgot to button up but you know uh,
1: sometimes we uh-huh. you know we sit around and we have our podcasts and we talk about these things but sometimes do you ever actually just sit down and think about how evil a person has to be do you realize that they fired a missile at the pentagon and killed people their own people
0: <laughs> yeah and and, and- they do that, and then they're debating whether to take down a freaking balloon. Yeah, exactly. It's mind blowing, man. <laughs> it's it's. I've said this before, but I guess what what kind of troubles me is you and I. You know, we we'll try to we may see certain things in a different light, but by and large, I think a lot of people are just like us, where we try to be as honest as possible. We try to treat our neighbor fairly. We see someone in distress. We're gonna try to help them out. Unfortunately, we're run by these psychopaths that will lie to you. You know, like Victoria Newland, as horrible of a liar as she is, they'll lie to you and not feel bad about, not lose any sleep over it. They'll, you know, if they were put in a situation where they had to pull the trigger on someone they would do it and probably joke about it later. Sure. Uh, these are the kind of people that run us, that govern us. And, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of nature, uh, you know, clips, you know, on, on YouTube and whatnot. And I, I, I like to study animals just to see how they react, you know, and a lot of times, some of the stuff I see is kind of kind of gory, you know, lions and hyenas and stuff. But it was interesting to me every now and then when a lion, a, a pride of lion, try to take down some Cape buffalo. Cape buffaloes are beasts. Yeah, they are. Uh, and they run in herds. If the lion can separate, you know, the pride can separate one, uh, you know, the rest of the herd runs away and, and that's it. And every now and then, though, the Cape buffalo will rally and save their comrade, and then the lions got no chance, man. Uh, it's tough enough for them to take off, take down one buffalo, but when the whole herd's coming after you, uh, lions have zero chance. And I, I, in a weird way, I, I think that's how we need to be. We are numerous. We are much more than these psychopaths. The cy- the lions are the psychopaths. Yeah, they're tough. They got money. They've got power, but there's a hell of a lot more of us. And the thing is, when, you know, this whole COVID thing, that was a great, great test. And I think it was a psychological, psychological test more than anything, to see if we were gonna cave in, or if you know, we were gonna resist it. And I think towards the end, more people started resisting more, more started resisting. But if this stuff happens again, we need to resist it at all costs um, and, and be like the the herd that comes back, man, and, and and save each other from these psychopathic lions. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's a good analogy, but, you know, you're talking about do I ever stop by and think of, of things in that way? That's that's how I view it.
1: <laughs> that's, that's such a great analogy. That's awesome. The it, Cape it Buffaloes.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we got to be like the Cape Buffalos because we're, we're strong. And then if we're in numbers, uh, nothing's going to stop us, man. And th- that's what happens. That's we awesome. We need to overrun these psychopaths.
1: Um, Real quick, a, a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Gislaine Maxwell, did you see – And you may have mentioned it the last time we were together. That, that was a video last month. I don't think she's in jail.
0: <laughs> yeah, I – the whole thing – I mean, that's another one that I like to bring up to people that will laugh at conspiracies and dismiss them. I always bring up the Jeff Epstein saga. The whole Jeff Epstein case um, has intrigued me. I read, you know, Jeff Epstein, The Spider. That was a great read. Um, I did a podcast recently, just the other day, with uh, Whitney Webb's husband uh johnny vedmore that was a great podcast he's done a lot of in-depth research into uh the whole epstein and and Ghislaine maxwell saga and it's been covered up man it's been covered up from the very beginning to when you know epstein was uh getting away with uh tax evasions or you know ponzi schemes i'm sorry uh in the hundreds of millions of dollars, just getting a slap in the wrist then and even now and I, I have my questions whether he ever even died. He's probably in the Bahamas with some CIA surgery and, and hanging out and I wouldn't put it past that Glenn Maxwell is right there with him, you know, hanging out and the whole trial, the, the lack of pictures, the lack of so many things uh, make me speculate that it was all for show and nothing else.
1: Yeah, that that interview she did from jail last month that looked like she was sitting in front of a green screen.
0: A green screen. How do you get a green screen in, in jail? <laughs> and and not, how did action. no one bring that up? You know, no one questioned in in the news.
1: No, and even people like Tucker. You know, people. I give credit to Tucker, but even Tucker's only going to give you fifty percent of the truth. He'll if he even touches a story on big pharmaceuticals, which. Uh, you know, his bosses aren't going to let him because every commercial on TV is big pharma. Uh, but it, he'll say something about, you know, the COVID vaccine and immediately say, um, not that we're anti-vax or anything. You know, he'll completely turn around and defend, you know, you're only going to get half truths from these people.
0: And then when they go to commercial brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Did you <laughs> see the, the Was it the Grammys last Sunday night? They had this uh, little Satan worshiping thing and then it goes straight yeah. to – brought to you by Pfizer I was like oh that yeah, makes sense right,
0: right after the, the little <laughs> it was perfect man I think I think we've talked about this like predictive programming where I think sometimes they do stuff on purpose and other times it's just to mock oh absolutely know, people like they you and mock-inous. I and that was a perfect ghetto man you do a little satanic ritual <laughs> and then brought to you by <laughs> Pfizer <laughs> it's like yep that makes perfect sense with the patent of 666 remember that's right yeah,
1: was it six zero six zero six or something?
0: Yeah, something along those lines. I can't remember, but yeah, they 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 love to joke around quite a bit.
1: Um, let me ask you, what is your? Do you think that um, Jeffrey Epstein was simply someone who used uh, these women, children, um, to just? You know get them to sleep with certain politicians and that way they were in the pockets or do you think then or do you think it was something more nefarious than that
0: uh i think in the 60s when you look at the whole kennedy um era you find that blackmail has been a a tactic for you know since the dawn of civilization sure but back in the 60s you know they were blackmailing gay folks because that was more taboo uh you know it it was a big no-no to be gay uh, in the 60s and so that was the blackmail game nowadays it's out in the open you saw that sam smith guy that we were just talking about uh if you're gay no one really cares anymore so they got to get you with stuff that still has some kind of punch to it and that's Unfortunately, means abusing kids, yeah. and so that was part of the that I think that was part of his duties uh, to blackmail people. He was definitely a Mossad agent, uh, yeah. definitely was CIA, and this is in conspiracy theory. Uh, Alex Acosta, Trump's uh, ex secretary of labor, admitted as much. You know when he was leaving uh, his position saying that Epstein was above his pay grade, that he was Mossad, you know, or, you know, he, or he didn't say Mossad specifically. I think he said he, uh, he was part of intelligence. And so, uh, the media was tried, tried so hard to paint Jeff Epstein as just a billionaire pedophile. Even articles to this day, that's how they pay him—a billionaire pedophile, a billionaire pedophile. And Maxwell was convicted for trafficking kids. However, she was convicted, and we never knew to whom she yep. was trafficking these kids. So these these folks—I I mean, we all know Galen Maxwell's uh, father uh, was Mossad.
1: Yep, a Robert. certified
0: Mossad. Yep. Robert Maxwell, and he was a media mogul, um, and, and so the intelligence uh, aspect. The media tries to downplay it a lot. Every now and then, you will have some some of these publications, high profile publications, bring it up. But for if, if you just pay attention, you'll see it. It's just a billionaire pedophile. Bin, billionaire pedophile. That's the angle they want you to go with. They don't want you to realize that. That was just part of it. The bigger aspect was the intelligence uh, aspect to it. You know, uh, when Ehud Barak, the ex-Prime Minister of Israel, was involved, Prince Andrew, yep. a member of the royal family, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, all these guys, all these high echelon players were involved. And um, we're probably never going to get those names out, even though many of us already have good hunches of to you know, all the players that were involved, we're probably never going to get that disclosed to us. But yeah, it's it was far more than just the abuse of children, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, the, the, the song remains the same. The, the elites are always protected. And again, if it was in the verse, if it was me and you running something, it, we would be, uh, every name, every person involved would be on the front page of the New York Times. But because of who these people are, uh, again, they will be protected. By the way, one note on Robert Maxwell uh, in addition to everything else he owned, he was actually, he owned McGraw Hill textbooks in the eighties and nineties. So if you were in school in the eighties and nineties, Robert Maxwell had a say of what went into your textbooks. So
0: he was your tutor. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, until oh, they knocked man. him
1: off in what? 93 or 94.
0: Yeah. Yeah. he must have pissed someone off. Yeah, even Ghislaine Maxwell um, admits that, that her, her dad was taken out. Uh, yeah. He, it's 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 one of those things you know when when you see the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial getting nonstop coverage, and yet this trial, the epstein saga, the Maxwell stuff, probably the most important trial of our lifetimes and crickets crickets, no one wants to touch it, and no why doesn't no one want to touch it because both sides were involved, anyone thinking that uh one end of the spectrum it has the monopoly on truth is, is lying to themselves there both sides were involved both sides will cover it up uh and all these fights that we see you know them have against each other is just in my opinion this is my opinion it's just like wwe man uh you know <laughs> they're acting like they they really hate each other and you know after their little tv charades they, they're out to outback state house and or maybe in the Epstein's island, who knows? Oh yeah,
1: Trump and Hillary, all of them—they're all buddies. They're, it's just a show, like you oh, said. You got to have your heels, and you yeah, have to have your good yeah. guys.
0: Did you see that? Oh nine, it's funny in 09 Trump's like they asked him about Hillary Clinton, and he's like, oh yeah, she'd make an awesome female president. She was the greatest thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then, but he said, but he said he was going to lock her up. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Some people just don't want to you can only tell people so many things and you can give them the truth but I I guess people get just too emotional and invested in some of these characters. I, I in my opinion we have no saviors. It's just us. Like you, I said, we we are the we're just like the the Cape Buffaloes. We we've got our, right. ourselves to rely on.
1: You you can lead a horse to water, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. And um that's exactly it.
1: By the way, thank you for joining us tonight. I know it's a work night for you, and uh, I just wanted to touch on a few more things. Do you still have a few more minutes?
0: Oh man, you know me; I'm a marathoner, so <laughs> okay. shoot them at me, my man. I just didn't want to
1: impede on your family don't time want, or anything. No, don't brother. worry
0: about it. I'll go into however you want me. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, I, I think everything is scripted, just like you know we're talking to WWE. I think it was too convenient that. Um, both Carrie Mullis and Jeffrey Epstein died three days apart from each other and then you know just a few months later uh, no one would remember the Epstein saga because covid so I think these things are scripted to happen uh, at certain times
0: yeah yeah anytime something happens it, something else gets thrown in to try to distract you you know uh, look at this shiny object over here I think that's Something's going on with this balloon thingy. Uh, I think that's just a big distraction. Um, But yeah, no question that these things happen all the time. And when something gets too big to handle, they eventually have to admit it. And that's why we... I don't believe... If you see it on the mainstream news, as juicy, as salacious as it may be, we were allowed to hear this. N- nothing gets n- nothing gets through us unless it doesn't get you know unless it gets the okay from you know from the big wigs up top right and so um a- as juicy as something oh my goodness i can't believe that th- we're finding this out this is crazy you know even the, the tucker Car- tucker carlson uh you know a little spiel on on you know the cia and kennedy that was allowed to happen you know if People didn't want him saying that. He would have never gave that speech. Um, So uh, where was I going? I I had a point. I'm sorry. And I I got carried away. I can't remember. Talking (laughs) about the script and
1: things happening during certain times.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's all scripted. So when you hear something going on, it's it's because they wanted us to know it. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that was the first thing I thought when that Chinese balloon thing came in the news. I'm like,
0: okay, what are they distracting us from? Yeah, you hear these people, the the people. Oh, you know, Biden did the right thing. Oh, you know, oh, he should have shot it long before. And and then they use an F twenty two Raptor to shoot down a damn yeah. balloon. <laughs> they 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 won't pull the trigger on a hijacked plane, you know, on nine eleven. Uh, but yeah, let's send a let's send an F twenty. Ironically, from the same air base, you know, that could have shot down that. Uh, That's right. That Flat, play, was it yeah. Flight Eleven or yeah, Ninety Lang- Three? What was it, Langley?
1: Yeah, Langley Air Force Base. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Same place that could have been the hero on Nine Eleven. Uh,
1: but we we were doing drills and it just got so confusing.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I was just being sarcastic. Yeah, oh, me too. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man.
1: Um, you know, earlier, and I didn't. I wanted to talk to you more about this. Because um, I think you just recently, I think you've got the audio book, but you've uh, read Mein Kampf or listened to Mein Kampf. Twice. What was uh, one or two things that completely shocked you?
0: One or two things. So I, I read the book twice. I, I After I read it once, um, I, I, I knew I had to do a book review, which I did. And... Um, I read it twice, more of a technical read on two times speed. And uh, I guess what shocked me, here's two things. So when I first started reading uh, Mein Kampf because of the conditioning we had, I just felt real dirty, you know, sure. real icky. I was like, oh, man, is this the right thing to be doing? It, 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 it I'm not religious anymore, but it brought vibes of like, God, is am I dabbling in satanism now you know like like weird occult i just had this weird feeling about it you know sure and 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 i attribute it to just this conditioning that uh hitler was the most vile evil racist hate-filled monster of all time and then i'm reading this and i'm like damn This is a damn good book. the The first couple, you know, the the first chapters, and and for those that may not be aware, Mind Comp Volume One and Two combined. If you listen to it, I listen to it in audiobook. I don't don't have time to sit down and read a book, unfortunately. So, I I listen to it uh through the audiobook format, and it's a twenty six hour listen. Twenty six (sighs) hours. And so as I'm listening and he's going into, and I'm a huge history nerd and he's going into the Germans point of view of world war one, man, this was super intriguing. I'm like, I couldn't drop it. And I just, I finished the book like in two days, man. Uh, Just constant listening. Boom, 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 boom. As I'm working obviously, but I just had it playing. and, And I was just immersed in that, in that read, I guess the other, thing that completely shocked me was again I kind of touched on it we had I had this preconceived notion that Hitler was the most racist man ever and you know being of Mexican American descent I'm like oh yeah you know screw that guy he probably (laughs) hated me blah 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 sure and then as I'm reading it I'm like oh man he was racist, no question. I'm not gonna say he wasn't, but it was a. And I try to. It's weird. Until you read the book, it's it's kind of hard to explain. It was like a technical racism. <laughs> I as as I thought about Hitler in the modern day, like if he sat down with an a skin, you know, a new age skinhead that hates the N words and and hates the J's and 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 these. Illegal aliens, you know those kind of new age. He would probably shoo them away, like you uneducated buffoon. Yeah, you know, because he it, it was like a he was a like a, I guess in his mind he was being scientific about the whole race issue, and I didn't realize that there was a uh, is Islamic Waffen SS of about forty 000 to fifty thousand strong really we never get t- t- taught that in school and and, and when you read Mein Kampf, you 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 know Hitler trashes obviously Judaism and he says some good things about Christianity sometimes kind of makes fun of it when he talks about Islam crazily enough he, he kind of has like an admiration for islam more in, in and i think he what he appreciated was the jihadi aspect of it man that people were willing to die for yeah. a cause and that's what he really appreciated it and another interesting fact i learned was mind conf guess what country mind conf is sold the most
1: jeez uh if <laughs> are you going to say israel <laughs>
0: No, 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 no. Uh, United States? It, it, it's pretty interesting. It, it, you'll probably never get it. I'll just tell you, uh, India. Really? I
1: would have never. You're right. Yeah, my comp,
0: my comp is still a huge hit in India, and and so when you couple all these things, I'm like, <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't. <laughs> I just can't recommend it enough for the simple aspect for the history aspect of it I'm not I'm not saying I agree with uh, a lot of things he says it was just fascinating to understand if you're a history nerd you know this is it was a great read for that aspect uh, the psychology for that time period um, and, and, and the thing is I think I can't remember if I mentioned it with you or not but when you hear people talking about Hitler uh, It depends on if it's a left winger or right winger, if it's a left winger, they say he was a Christian conservative. If it's a right winger, they say he was a liberal atheist. And then when you read Mein Kampf, he was a socialist. He was a nationalist. He was for traditional German values uh, and the family. And then he was for eugenics, that's right. <laughs> aborting defective German babies. Yeah. So he he had he had pieces from all sides of the spectrum, and I think in the end that's what made him popular with the masses because you there was probably people that well I don't necessarily agree with him on Jews, but I like what he says about this, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So um, that. That was one of the biggest mysteries I always had as a kid. How, if, if this guy was so evil, so racist, and a maniac, uh, meth infested guy, uh, how did a whole nation of bright minds, because the Germans were super intelligent, absolutely, man, uh, they were super advanced, how did these bright minds get behind this guy? Absolutely. And I my answer was, or my question was answered in reading Mein Kampf. I'm like, oh. Okay, I get it now. Uh, again, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he says. It was just, it was an excellent read in understanding, and if you're a big history nerd, such as myself.
1: <laughs> Man, it's hard to believe that book is, it was written almost 100 years ago, right? It was 1920s? Yeah,
0: 1925 it was published. Well, he started re- uh, re- writing it in 1922, I believe. Uh, and then it was published in 1925. And then it, the the first american translations didn't come out until the 1930s right and the first american translations omitted the propaganda uh chapter shocker because hitler had a entire chapter dedicated he's got an entire chapter uh dedicated to race uh on his ideology on race but he's also got an entire chapter on propaganda it's pretty pretty amazing because he's telling you exactly how to use propaganda when to use it what how you can determine if you've got successful propaganda and it's very curious that the American uh, government decided to censor that chapter I wonder why because they were taking pages out of that that chapter for themselves (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) I try to tell people number one you you have to put and again i'm not saying that he was the greatest leader he he was super smart he had some good things about him he was also you know some of the things you touched on he was he was off base but you have to realize what germany was gone through he was in jail uh weimar germany was ruling right now and and basically when you look on tv that's what they were going through 100 years ago the, the debauchery um and uh, the 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 many of you know look at the bolshevik revolution which happened down the road from him uh, the Balfour Declaration had just been p- a few years prior to that. The World Zionist Organization was created in the late um, 1897 in Basel, Switzerland. Um, and those guys were the ones that kind of took the charge. And within, you know, 40, 50 years, it all came to fruition. So, you know, and again, World War One and World War Two. while well, they will tell you it was because. Um, they bombed Pearl Harbor. The two big reasons why we went to war was number one, we wanted their technology and you don't have to look any further than operation paperclip. And number yeah. two, we do what the Rothschilds say. That's nothing new. And um, he was in Israel's way. So that's, I'll go to my grave with that belief.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. And you know, the whole operation paperclip is funny when you go back in history, when the Mongolian empire was, at its golden age, you know, acquiring large swaths of land. Uh, I don't know if you've gone into the whole Mongolian Empire, but that's one of the histories that most fascinates me. Um, But they were doing Operation Paperclips. They'd run into civilizations, and as they conquered them, they pretty much nuked everyone. Uh, except for the Bright Minds. <laughs> the Bright <laughs> Minds, they would incorporate them into their empire. And even though the Chinese invented uh, gunpowder, they really use gunpowder at this point in time for fireworks. Right. And Genghis Khan and Associates like, hmm, fireworks, let's, let's make some destroying stuff <laughs> <laughs> with this <laughs> this firework juice. And uh, yeah, the first prototype cannons Uh, came about you know via you know via the mongols and um they i've said this before but pretty much all the history no matter uh, of all the civilizations you have to wonder what the agendas are what what is actual truth and what is propaganda to try to make a point um you look at the US-Mexican War, you have the Mexican side of events, you have the American side of events. Yeah. And so a lot of times you have to look at stuff, try to be down the middle. What makes the most sense? What makes the most rational sense? Um, but when it comes to the Mongolians, I think they are the exception to the rule. And the reason for that is because they didn't have a written language. So the vast majority of the accounts that have been pieced together about the Mongolian Empire is from the people that they defeated and nuked and it is such a fascinating fascinating story man because th- they didn't write anything about it. so they you know like when you read for example even julius caesar when he you read his accounts on you know as he's you know trollopsying all over europe conquering or you know alexander the, they're they're aggrandizing themselves you know, and and so a lot of it is propaganda and and propping up their point of view. And so, and that's how it is, that how, that's how it's always been and, and, and continues to this day. Uh, Look how COVID will probably be mentioned, you know, 50 years down the line, it'll probably be the official narrative that survives. But, uh, You know just touching back on the mongols that's the exception to the rule because they didn't have a written language to (laughs) be able to do that and so that's one of the histories that 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 has always fascinated me man uh dan carlin history or dan carlin has a hardcore history on the mongols It's like a 10 11 hour podcast on them i've listened to that 10 hour podcast like three times and it's it's like it's like a treat every single time
1: wow that's amazing
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just same things happen all the time. That's the biggest takeaway with all these quote unquote historical events. They just happen over and over again. We always tell each other that we need to learn from the past so we don't repeat the same mistakes. And do we ever learn? Unfortunately not.
1: (laughs) No. And you made a good point. And that's funny. Me and my wife were talking about this the other day where in 50, 60, a hundred years, you know, the children are going to pick up the history book and they'll read how COVID, uh, you know, killed 80 million people. And um, they'll do basically the same propaganda about today about the Spanish flu. You know, they won't tell the truth. Um, She said it's important, you know, people in the truth community, you know, take time. And I'm not saying write a book, but maybe start writing pages, putting them in docu protectors and make it make some kind of written, documentation to pass on to your children and your grandchildren to say this is what happened during this time frame
0: yeah yeah that's important you know there's a couple of events that have happened in our american history uh, that we only know about all these years decades later because of family members passing it down Uh, this is evil stuff that happened um, to our fellow Americans that the government tried to cover up the provenir uh, massacre in texas uh, it, It's a I think 15 to 20 uh, Mexican Americans were killed uh, Near they were accused of stealing, uh, you know, some white ranchers cattle there was no proof of it and they got massacred and butchered and the stories were only recently discovered, you know not too long ago because of the, you know, surviving, um, descendants of, you know, those people that were butchered, uh, pass those stories along. And then we have, uh, what happened in, um, where was it? I, I want to say Oklahoma or the Tulsa, the the Tulsa, uh, riots. I, I think. Oh was, yeah, 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 yeah. Where these black folks were living, they were this was in the 1920s and this was a community of african-americans that were living good they had made they were self-made they were living large and things boiled over and they got pretty much destroyed by our american government upon american civilians and many died and their properties got confiscated Uh, can you imagine that Uh, your house getting taken by the government given to some other folks just because of the skin color and and this had been buried people were ashamed in that town to talk about it yep and it wasn't until only this happened in the 1920s and, and we didn't know about this until only 20 years ago because you know the family members passed it down so what you're saying right now uh, we need to have ways that we can preserve it and, and and have it on the record because otherwise it could very well go um, disappear forever unless you know you know these Cases that I just gave you, these two cases, they only came up because of the family members bringing it up all these years later. But if those happened, how many other instances similar to that where the government uh, killed its own citizens happened and it got covered up and no one ever, and it's buried in history and will never, ever be found out about? Yeah,
1: I recently talked about the World War One veterans who went down and demanded their bonuses the the bonus army and they MacArthur and all the heroes of World War II, they fought their own veterans and killed a bunch and then going to what you were talking about man the uh, the Tulsa massacre 10 the, if if you guys don't know take the time to read it that left 10,000 uh black people homeless
0: 10,000 in man. one day and, i think and, it was two and days the vast majority of them were affluent they yes. they were self-made yep. they they were it wasn't like they were uh you know living in in ghettos and in poverty no they were they were living lavish and they lost that overnight again if remember i was giving you examples of how you know this thing happened again where your life gets changed forever and you just somehow gotta gotta pick up the pieces man and, and you can keep going on and on i mean the the, the quote-unquote battle at wounded knee.
1: yeah yep
0: which really was a massacre at Wounded Knee, where 300 mostly women and children were slaughtered by the U.S. Yeah. Cavalry. And they were slaughtered after they were asked to give up their guns. Yep. The moral of the story is you give up your guns, the government will then massacre you. Uh, that's a powerful story for everyone, Yep. Uh, whether you're pro-gun, anti-gun, whatever. It's a powerful story because the Lakota didn't want to give up their guns. They wanted to keep their way of life. They wanted to be free. They didn't want to be governed. And they kept getting pushed, 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 pushed. And they, you know, last thing, they they take away their guns and then they massacre the women and children. It's I want want to do a podcast uh, soon on that. But that's a powerful story, man. Yeah. And which I think could affect even if you're anti gun you know yeah uh, or on the fence on on gun control, that's a powerful story um or a case study if you will
1: there there's some podcasts I do where I literally have to pause the podcast or stop it and go for a walk and come back and and continue and I had the same when when you talk about Ruby Ridge when you have uh, the the f b i rolling up and just shooting people's wives um yeah. and then you you talk about um my gosh the um waco in 93 just you know just putting (laughs) thinking about all those children the way they they died that gets you know when you get older you have children and grandchildren and when you read these things you know sometimes we when we do podcasts um we're numb to these things but then there's maybe it's just the time of day i'm recording them or maybe i've had uh, I've, I've spent time with my children or grandchildren, and grandchildren. then I come, I sit down and I start to read these things. And I'm like, you know, we talk about these things, but these are real people who've had these things happen in their lives. And I think to myself, how could I go on after something like this, like Randy yeah. Weaver or, you know, any of these people?
0: Yeah, it's, um, it, the world's. This is why i sometimes get blackpilled man it, it's real scary um the more you find out the more <laughs> the more paranoid i get uh and it you know i'd, I'd be lying if i didn't say you know it's, it's sometimes it becomes a challenge to try to stay positive amidst uh, all these things because it just seems like it's too much at times uh yeah. too much and you almost feel useless and or or powerless is should be the better word. Um, you know, what, what, you know, are, are we just doomed? And I think the answer is we just got to keep pushing. We got to keep waking people up and continue to be that herd of Buffalo, Cape Buffalo.
1: <laughs> That's
0: awesome. <laughs> Try to keep it positive. You know what I mean?
1: That's awesome. One more thing I wanted to touch on is uh, education's near and dear to me. Um, the education system where you're at, um, I mean, I know you're in a much better place where a lot of people are. Um, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the education system, how it is in place? Do you feel that um, it's challenging enough? What are your thoughts on the education system?
0: Well, I've, I've got mixed feelings on. I do live in Sarasota County where the education system in general Uh, the schools get a good grade, you know, and I, I think I'm not exactly sure, but I think this is the county with the best uh, school systems uh, in the state. So very fortunate for that. However, when I look at the bigger picture, what are my kids getting taught? You know, are they being challenged or are they getting spoon fed? To think in a certain way, to be accepting of false realities, Uh, I do start to wonder about that, you know, Uh, once you learn about how the Federal Reserve works and, and how money is simply a Ponzi scheme, and you then realize why, that's exactly why we don't, we never get taught about money when we're growing up. Uh, because we would f- quickly figure out that it's 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 all a fraud, and all the important essential things to make us responsible, um, you know, law-abiding citizens, don't really get taught to us at, at school. You know, uh, it, it seems like it's more agenda-driven these days, where you know you hear about these trans bathrooms and being accepting of of this and that it, it just seems more agenda driven the way i look at it now unfortunately i wish that wasn't the case but unfortunately that's what it is yeah that seems to be the narrative uh, and
1: i think you're uh, in a much better place uh, than a lot of people are around the country who uh, have you know their children go to, to certain public schools because You know you see the stories and you see these teachers especially uh kudos to the libs of tiktok how she posts and all it's funny all she does is simply repost people's things doesn't really add much narrative to it and it's like man these people are teaching your children good grief
0: yeah yeah i i agree with it although i i sometimes wonder too you know if something like i think it's funny don't get me wrong in some of these jokes but i some of these videos, I wonder what their organic reach is. I Wonder if they would have only had a couple hundred views on their TikTok accounts, but because this libs of TikTok is constantly searching for new content, is instead amplifying the, that voice, you know. And so it's kind of a
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is a two way street, a isn't it?
0: effect. Yeah, yeah. And so and and sometimes it's kind of like when I see these videos, it, it could be. Uh, black folks beating up a, a, a you know a white kid, or or vice versa, you know a white cop shooting a, a black guy. Uh, when you see those kind of videos, if they're purposely made to go viral, to just build these. Feelings of anger to keep us divided, man. Yeah. Uh, this whole divide and conquer. And I sometimes I wonder if that lives with TikTok stuff is is feeding into that divide and conquer by constantly putting that kind of stuff out. That's just my opinion. I, I could be dead wrong, you know. But I, I I do get wary when I start seeing a lot of these things going viral. Yeah, that that's a, that is a,
1: that's a really good take because I've said many times for my podcast we need to put our our differences aside if we're, we're going to um, become the uh, what kind of buffalos again. <laughs>
0: The Cape Buffalo. The Cape Buffalos. It's going to be the Cape, Cape Buffalo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go buy some land and just call
1: it Cape Buffalo and all the truthers can come live there and we can herd together and wipe these yeah. people out. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. We'll Let's... Fight all those psychopathic lions.
1: No kidding. But of course the news would come out with a story that, you know, we're all making LSD and drugs and passing out fentanyl and they'll roll up and arrest yeah. us and everybody will clap. That's how much yeah, power yeah. these people have.
0: Yeah, we'd be villainized, even though you, you could do nothing wrong. Like like <laughs> we mentioned earlier, that, you know, if they like you, they'll they'll build you up. Even if you're a bad guy, yeah, if well, you're yeah. a good guy and they don't like you, they're gonna make you into the worst person that ever walked the planet of the earth.
1: Absolutely. Let's let's end on a on a positive note. Let's. Uh, how how was your uh, venture into into the chickens going?
0: Chickens are good. Are although. Man, we're having those same problems that everyone else is having where the egg lane has slowed down really quite a bit. I did catch your show the other day where you definitely recommended not getting any of that tractor supply feed, but I'm going to have to try some of that concoction feed that you recommend and, and see if that helps out.
1: Yeah, another big thing, I know you don't really have as much as a winter as we do, but uh you know it 's the the shorter days is one of the reasons the cold is one of the reasons, but it 's important to to give the chickens some scratch because that raises their body temperature because it has the corn in it and worse we haven 't had any uh, thank God we haven 't had any drop off we 're still getting twelve to fifteen a day but're we 're really blessed to live near an Amish and Mennonite community, so we get all of our food and um, not food the chicken feed and the scratch and the grit um from them and it's it doesn't get much purer than them
0: yeah no i like what you're doing it sounds like you got like a little little if things go down south you kind of have a little system in place that you know will will help out
1: it will we're uh we linked up with the butcher we're picking up a pig next wednesday so that'll be me and my son are splitting that We'll, we'll fill up our freezer um With that in a week or two,
0: yeah, man, that's awesome. I need to, I need to, I definitely need to start picking it up a little bit more. But yeah, I, I think that's that's a wise thing. I I do love how you you're constantly telling people to you know be getting ready, start prepping because yeah, things are gonna hit the fan. When will they hit the fan? Who knows? Yeah, we don't know, but it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen now this is one of those things that I hope I'm wrong. Me too. I hope a couple of years down the road, Oh man, you were so full of crap. I just listened to this and you were way off. I hope that's the case. <laughs> I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather be wrong. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's better to be prepared, you know, and, and be wrong than not be prepared and, and, and be right. You know? Yeah.
1: And I learned a lot in the military when you go out on a mission, um, we're told it's better to have it and not need it uh, than to need it and not have it so exactly and, and yeah. i try to draw that fine line i don't mean to be a, that the guy standing on the mountain you know prophesies and the end is near but i just want people to be prepared because i always tell people if you wait until things go south it's too late remember all the people yeah. <laughs> the, the toilet paper fiasco of 2020 you know
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well i've been in a couple of hurricane scares and oh yeah evacuating they got these evacuation signs but when a what should take you 6 hour drive takes you 16 17 hours it's bumper to bumper traffic on the interstate and people are fighting over you you stop to get fuel those few times that i've done it man it, oh i get a glimpse of how it would look like in a apocalyptic world man people are fighting over getting in line for fuel and things are scarce and bumper to bumper. Then you got cars driving the shoulder, cutting people out. It's just bananas, man. It's almost like a Mad Max <laughs> type of world. And sometimes I wonder if that's like a predictive programming thing when you see all these zombie movies. I know you touched on yeah. that on one of your recent episodes on The Last of Us, which I've been watching. Pretty pretty good show. Uh, one of those shows was a little... You know, for lack of a better word, a little too gay for me. <laughs> but not gay zombies? Speaking, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was good. It, it was some gay preppers. That's all I'll say. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but and they deviate from the video game. I watched the video game version of it. Uh, so if you want to give that a miss, the video game. There's some YouTubers that will play video games. Uh and they'll stitch the the cinematic moments together so it looks like one feature film yeah it's pretty i i watched a couple of video games because they've got pretty good writing good scripts good actors voice actors and so the last of us video game it, it was i i watched you know the whole the whole theatrical gameplay of it and this series is based on it although they it's too much of that woke crap sometimes i'm like oh man knock it off it's a good series but you guys don't have to go there you know uh but sorry i'm going on another tangent uh but the point i'm trying to make is i I sometimes wonder if these are like uh predictive programming with all these doomsday scenarios coming along and if that's where we're heading and if that's where we're heading we better be prepared
1: absolutely yeah, I don't have hBO max but uh, my family's been telling get me. get
0: a how... cody man what's cody. that get a cody fire what's stick a... get get a I'll, I'll email you okay it's it's a you can get a fire stick it's like 60 bucks then you program it there's YouTube videos that show you how to hack it really you and all you need is Wi-Fi you'll you'll even get movie and this is a this is a life hack for everyone listening <laughs> you'll be able to get Movies that are in the theater and just stream them right there to your what uh, to your home, and a lot of times they're in like 4K, man. I I mean, oh boy, and my email's to going to
1: blow people. up tomorrow.
0: <laughs> hey man, give me that Oh, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good, dude. <laughs> uh, I'll repeat it. Just get a Fire Stick and hack it for Cody, the newest version of Cody. Cody spelled K-O-D-I.
1: That's the Amazon one, right? Fire.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you, yeah, it's an Amazon Fire Stick, but you need a hack. You need a you need a inst- Cody is like an app attached to it. So it, oh, it's it's gotcha, like a separate gotcha, gotcha. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not through Amazon the the whole Cody. It's like it's kind of like remember Napster back in the day? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. The file it's kinda sharing. It's kind of like that. Yeah, but it's for like TV shows and movies. You can I watch my MMA fights on pay-per-view there and all you have to do is pay that, that charge just to buy the fire stick. No kidding. Yeah.
1: I am so Life far behind on technology.
0: Right I'm getting, I'm getting you guys ready for, for doomsday with <laughs> some awesome. Cody fire stick hacks. <laughs> awesome. I
1: will be on Amazon after this podcast. Copy that. Well, man, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's, it's, uh. A real pleasure to have you. And uh, again, for the audience, you go do you, you go live at, what is it, 5 p.m. Eastern time every Saturday?
0: 4 or 5, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And I do that because you know a lot of the following is in the UK. So it's around 9, 10 o'clock their time. Uh, but yeah, do the live show. So um, if you want to join in and if you like live chatting on the live chats, it, can get lively so join in and that's on rockfin just look for me and you don't have to make an account you can make a free account I um, you know so some people when they see that they're like oh I, I don't want it I don't have money to pay no you can make a free account and and just subscribe to the channel there and hopefully we'll find you there soon huh
1: yeah that Mr. definitely Hunter, uh, we'll that, definitely talk awesome. about that that's that that's yeah. interesting I know a lot of people have gone that route and uh, that's something because I can't post on YouTube anymore. The last time I yeah. tried to even do a live stream, five minutes in, they cut me off.
0: Oof! Yeah, yeah, They'd yeah. Shut it down. Yeah, no, Rockfin is is good. You got a lot of the people, that, a lot of the people that have been deplatformed on YouTube. You will you'll definitely find there. So, awesome, a lot and, of great content.
1: And again, for our listeners, uh, just go, you don't have to search him out. It'll be right in the show description. Uh, you'll see his link to Rockfin, his link to Odyssey. And his link to Twitter. Um, so make sure you follow Weezy. check out his podcast. He's full of knowledge, as you've heard here over the last, uh, 100 minutes. And, uh, I'd like to give you the floor for your final word, sir.
0: Well, George, thank you for having me on. And I, we definitely got to schedule another one for, for my show. Uh, you've always been a, a great guest on my show and I, and I'm truly thankful that you invited me on the fact Hunter experience and in case your audience hasn't got got the hint, I, I do these marathon l- podcasts. If a short podcast for me is one of these, you know, one hour and a half, you know, I, I can do three, four, five hours, no problem. <laughs> so, uh, love to shoot the breeze and I try to get interesting guests that'll from all, all over the spectrum too, you know. I like, I always tell people, you, you don't have to agree with Everything I say, you can disagree with a lot of what I say. It's just, uh, I just want people to question things and get their their, uh, you know, their brain stems turning and think and think about things that maybe they didn't think about and maybe look at it in a different perspective and see where you where you arrive. And there so go. I can't thank you enough, man. I am rambling on again, but no, no.
1: My, <laughs> I said the floor is yours.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, my man.
1: Thank you, and everybody, make sure please do go to Rock Fan Odyssey Twitter. Please follow Weezy, and uh, how, again, how
0: long have you been doing this? I've been, I well, seriously, seriously doing it for about three and a half years.
1: So you've got a lot of content people can podcast. listen on. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've got, I've got tons and tons especially on my odyssey channel i've got tons of videos you'll you'll never run out of content to listen to i i promise you especially with these marathon podcasts that i put
1: <laughs> well there you go folks some uh something else to help you get through the day and give you some more knowledge Weezy, can't thank you enough brother
0: likewise man I, and i truly truly cherish you as a as a podcasting friend and uh, uh no, I, you're you can sense good people and you are one of these good people that You know that that I trust and um, you're out there seeking truth and I can't thank you enough for the content that you put out Uh, and I and I hope you and and your your family uh, stay safe stay warm and keep those chickens nice and toasty and fruitful full of eggs
1: YouTube, made no sense,
0: but here we are.
1: <laughs> you too, brother. Much love to you and your family. And uh, listen, when I hear back from Jeremy, hopefully this is coming next week. If I am making a trip down there, I'll be sure to hit you.